This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the AEW Full Gear 2023 Reaction Podcast. It's your girl, Denise Salcedo. You guys know me from Busted Open on the weekends, on Saturdays with Mark Henry, and I am doing a special reaction podcast today. So I got to tell you, right now, it is about to be 3 a.m., and I'm in my studio recording this and I just came back from the event because it was at the Kia Forum in Inglewood which is about like maybe like 30 minutes away from my house or so and after the event I attended the media scrum like I normally do however this one felt like it went maybe just a little bit extra longer than some of the past ones or who knows it's kind of all a blur now sometimes you forget but lately they've all been like roughly two hours I think this one was probably two and a half hours, almost three hours. So I finally came back and I got to tell you, I am feeling really good coming off of that show because I really truly feel that no matter what kind of wrestling fan you are, no matter what kind of wrestling you're into, that there was something for you on this show. And so I think the way that I'm going to do this reaction podcast is kind of run through the order of the matches and kind of talk about some of the best moments or things that really stood out for each and every single match and just some of the thoughts that I had. And I do want to say this, though, I feel like I'm honestly really proud right now. I'm really proud because out of all the matches, there was only one match that I got the prediction wrong on who I thought was going to win. But I was so happy with the outcome. So I felt really good about this, this year's full gear predictions in terms of just overall what I thought was going to happen. And so I got to say, I was very, very pleased with a lot of the outcomes of the show. And I also want to say another thing. I feel like there have been times where I didn't think that California crowds were as hot as I thought they should have been. But I got to say this, with AEW full gear today at the Kia Forum, the California crowd was absolutely phenomenal it was so much fun to have the crowd like be really hyped up on things starting chants just doing just being loud oh it was so good I really love the atmosphere I think this is one of the first shows in a very long time where you didn't feel the crowd die out at any point like even after the super hot Texas death match you were probably thinking oh my god the next match is literally in the death spot right they're gonna have to try to keep up and throughout the entire night there wasn't one match where I thought that the crowd wasn't interested and that is kind of rare because you can have so many great matches but then there could be that one match that yeah it's good but the crowd is tired right and you can't blame the crowd for getting tired sometimes but this tonight there were no tired moments people were into the entire show so I want to kick things off and I'm going to focus over on the uh, main card of what went down. Of course, we did have the pre-show match with MJF and Samoa Joe defeating the guns. And the big thing that really came off of that was that MJF was sent away in an ambulance due to an injury on his leg. And that played into later on in the show. But we'll get to that. I want to start things off with a six-man tag team match, which was Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland taking on Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. 
today was one of those days where there are a few rare moments in pro wrestling history where you can say, I was there. And today I can say that I was there at Sting's last match in California. And this one was really fun. Of course, as the opener, I thought they did a really great job of just getting the crowd really hyped up and really setting the tone for the night. We had some really great moments throughout it. I actually loved my favorite part besides the match of it, of course. But I really loved the way that Sting, Darby, and Adam all coordinated their entrance and their gear so they all came out with the jackets they were very cool jackets they all came out in the face paint I thought that was freaking awesome I I thought that was great honestly and even Christian Cage now that I'm talking about entrances Christian Cage had like kids singing his entrance portion of his theme and I thought that that little extra touch was really funny because as we know Christian Cage is doing this whole father gimmick and your dad is dead and uh, everything that he's doing and the kids coming out and doing Christian's entrance I thought was really hilarious so I really like that they did that little extra thing but overall it was a fun match and it was nice that afterwards Darby took the mic and basically said hey guys like this is things last match in California give them the proper respect and once we got that opportunity the crowd got up on their on their feet people were clapping and thanking sting for everything so it was really nice to see him have that moment and i can't believe we're only months away from seeing sting his final match like his final final match and i also asked tony khan about that in the media scrum that was one of the questions that i had for him and he really talked about how you know, Sting approached him and how the whole situation went down and how the moment came because Tony Khan a bunch of times had said on many media scrums that he was going to let Sting wrestle as long as he pleased. And he is very, very happy and proud of having Sting in AEW and even said it was one of his proudest moments, proudest, proudest accomplishments in AEW was bringing in Sting and sort of being able to sort of write his rewrite the ending to Sting's career. And so he really put that over a whole lot. So I thought that was a a very interesting portion of the media conference. So I want to move on to the AEW International Championship. And that was Orange Cassidy defeating John Moxley. This was their rematch. And I am so freaking happy because when John Moxley and Orange Cassidy first had their first match against each other, I really thought that Orange Cassidy should have gotten the win in that match because the things that he was doing with the AEW International Championship, the way that he made that belt so important, I personally felt that Orange Orange Cassidy needed to get the win because if you're going to keep leveling up somebody, you got to get them these massive wins. And given the match that Orange Cassidy and John first had, I thought that match was way better than the one we saw at Full Gear, although the Full Gear match was still good. The first one was a lot better, but I did think that Orange Cassidy should have won that match. He didn't. John Moxley won. Unfortunately, John Moxley ended up getting injured, and we know how that went down so that John Moxley had to. He, he couldn't get the AEW International Championship. We had Phoenix hold it for a bit, and then it finally made its way back to Orange Cassidy. I didn't want them to give the bow to John Moxley for the only the reason that I think it would have been too predictable. 
I think it would have been too obvious to give John Moxley the bout because we knew that was the direction they were headed. And unfortunately, cards subject to change, it didn't happen. And so Orange Cassidy's winning to me was surprising, but in a good way. And I'm happy that he got the moment. I'm happy that he got this big win because if you're going to get a win over John Moxley, it's definitely something to brag about and something that I feel is going to elevate Orange Cassidy. So I was happy with the outcome of this match. Next up, we have the AEW Women's World Championship match, and that was Timeless Tony Storm defeating Hikaru Shida. This is another one that I feel for Shida here because I feel that Shida is such a great wrestler. She's such a great talent, and she's always sort of finding her spot in a She's always finding herself in a spot where it's not the right time for her to be champion. And she's been now a three-time champion. And I think for the most part, we all knew, given how hot the Tony Storm character got, I think we all knew that Tony Storm was going to win. This was another very fun match. I loved the ending. I thought they did a really good job with, you know, having Tony Storm basically you know, when she got this win, kind of screw Hikaru Shida and uh, towards the end of it all. And so Tony Storm having this moment and winning this match and then just laying there on the mat, I thought was really hilarious. <laughs> just kind of seeing her lay there. And so I I had a feeling that Hikaru Shida wasn't going to walk out champion, but it feels like the time was right for Tony right now again, with the popularity of the character that I do think if she would have lost, it would have been a little bit of an upset for some people. Maybe not for everybody because I think people really respect Hikaru Shida and all the work that she has done. But I do think some people would have been like, damn, they didn't go for it, uh, especially with the popularity of Tony Storm. But anyway, so Tony Storm, she didn't do the press conference, but she did send a funny little letter to Tony Khan where she where she talked about why she couldn't be there and she had taken some plane and she referred to Tony as Anthony darling. And I thought that was really funny within itself. Um, so it was good stuff there. Uh, happy for Tony storm and excited to see what she does with the AEW women's world championship, especially as timeless Tony storm. The number one pro wrestling show on the planet, Busted Open, is available seven days a week by subscribing and downloading the Busted Open podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. Join me alongside two WWE Hall of Famers, Mark Henry and Bully Ray, the hardcore legend, Tommy Dreamer, plus Thunder Rosa and Mickey James all week long as we break down everything going on in and out of the ring. Listen to Busted Open right now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up, we have the four-way tag team ladder match, which was an aid for the AEW World Tag Team Championship belt. And this is the one that I got wrong in my predictions. So even though I wanted Ricky Starks and Big Bill to win, and they did, I had thought they were going to give it to the House of Black, Malachi Black and Brody King. I thought that they were going to give them the belts because of the way they had been presented on Collision. It felt like they were really putting a strong focus on the House of Black. So even though I wanted Ricky Starks and Big Bill to win because they were my favorite team out of the four I thought it was going to be House of Black so I was kind of upset that I didn't uh, end up choosing Ricky Starks and Big Bill as my official prediction but let me tell you guys this match was so freaking fun so 
freaking fun. I think they did a really good job of coming up with new creative spots, uh, to ways to use the ladder. There were some dangerous moments during this. This was literally everything that you want in a ladder match, especially a four win when you got so many guys that can do all these incredible things. It was so enjoyable to watch. And I think this match just kind of got the crowd in a different kind of a mood and almost set the tone for what you would end up seeing later on down the night, especially when it came to the Texas death match. So like I said, something different for everybody. So Ricky Starks and Big Bill win. Happy for them. Glad that they're continuing on because I feel like they can do so much there with the characters. We know that Ricky Starks and Big Bill, just them being a team is so much fun. And they also did the press conference and they were asked about why they didn't have a team name. And a media member even suggested that they be called, what was it? I think they said absolute, absolutely big. That was the name. Absolutely big for the for the tag team name and Ricky Stark shut it down right away he basically said like there was no issue with them being singles wrestlers and then also and being an actual tag team together and so that was really fun to kind of just see Ricky Starks really kind of explain what his relationship with Big Bill is and how they work as an actual tag team I oh I mean all of these guys was great. I think the best part about this ladder match, aside from the creativity, was that everybody had like this moment. Like there wasn't anybody that didn't have a moment in this match to shine. And I think that was something that came across very, very nicely where each guy had a big moment in the four-way ladder match. So this was a good one. Thumbs up on this one as well. Next up, let's get into the AEW TBS Championship. So we had Julia Hart defeat Chris Stantlander and Sky Blue for the TBS Championship. Now, Chris Stantlander, she had a pretty damn good reign. And what made her story good as TBS champion was that she was the one that ended Jade Cargill's streak. She was also the one who gave Jade Cargill her last match in AEW. But during that, like even like through her reign, she had some good matches. Like she defended the TBS championship several times. I think like more than 10 times. And she, she did a good job. Honestly, I feel that what happened with Chris Statlander and why they might've switched belts is just that, you know what? Julia Hart and Sky Blue, they are starting to really get over with the people in different ways. Sky Blue right now is we're seeing this character transition where she has new makeup. She has new gear. She even got rid of her little hat today on full gear, kind of signifying that the old Sky Blue is dead and gone. And she's this new Sky Blue. And so she was getting popular. But then the one that was getting even more popular with this gothic vibe that she has now that she's part of House of Black is Julia Hart. And Julia Hart has really come into her own in the last several weeks, several months, however much time you've noticed it. But she's really come into her own. She knows how to work the camera. She knows how to sell her facial. She knows how to connect with the people. And that is going to go very well for her. I think the people are interested and intrigued by the mysteriousness that is Julia Hart. And this was another good match. I think that they really won the crowd over. I think I was personally afraid that this was going to be the match that the crowd 
was not going to be into, especially because they followed that tag team ladder match. And I was afraid that the crowd was kind of going to die here, but they didn't. They really, really earned the crowd's interest. The people were interested. And this kind of further proved that when you give people women that they care about, women that are killing it, women that have good stories, women that have good in-ring skills, women that have great characters, that the crowd will be interested in what it is that they are doing. So I think they did a great job here. Julia Hart was also part of the press conference afterwards. And she, she, I think the big thing, the biggest takeaway that I got from that was that she was not really all that happy or proud of her work as the cheerleader, which I don't blame her because what she's doing now, it's a night and day difference. But she basically just said that she didn't have any confidence when she was the cheerleader. She truly did not have any confidence. And she feels that now she's really come into who she is. And obviously she's still growing and she knows that. But I would say that was probably the biggest takeaway from the press conference for Julia Hart. Next up in what many are calling one of the greatest Texas death matches of all time, one of the best AEW matches. Uh, this was something that Tony Khan even said. He thought it was one of the best AEW matches of all time. And that was Swerve Strickland defeating Hangman Adam Page. This was a Texas death match that I don't think a lot of people are ever going to forget. Like if you watch this match, you're going to remember it because it was so, so violent. They did so much. Uh, oh my God, weapons, cinder blocks, duct tape, uh, barbed wire, uh, glass. I mean, I'm trying to remember all of the weapons that they use and I can't even remember everything. But they worked this match so nicely where everything just made sense of what they did. And here's the thing, like Swerve was bleeding so much. I don't even know, like we know that there are certain wrestlers that just bleed. They bleed a lot when they do, but I have never seen someone bleed like Swerve Strickland. Uh, the amount of blood that was coming down on him at one point, he like poured a water bottle over his head. And I swear, like the blood just looked like juice or something. It was so much blood. It was crazy. And even Adam Page had a crimson red face. And this match really had people just, they stole the show. They honest to God stole the show and this match really did the story justice because things got really personal between Swerve and Adam Page I mean you had Swerve Strickland literally break into the house of Adam Page and talk to his child so yeah um things got very personal and even Adam Page putting Prince Nana through the table oh my god they just did so much in this that this is one that I cannot wait to rewatch because it is up there with one of the very best. Uh, in the press conference, Chris Jericho mentioned it, MJF mentioned it, and I mentioned that Tony Khan mentioned it, and they all said really great stuff. Even Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy said that he would defend his AW International Championship against literally anybody but Swerve and Hangman. He was like, no, they're too much for me. Oh my God. And I almost didn't mention like the most grossest spot ever. So during this match, I mentioned that Swerve was like bleeding buckets, right? Adam Page, like we were seeing a whole new version of him. Adam Page opened his mouth and 
<laughs> he had all of the blood of Swerve go straight into his mouth. He poured another man's blood into his mouth. If you did not watch this, oh my God, like you need to go and find like a GIF or something on Twitter. I'm sure it's out there. You need to see a photo. It's disgusting, but you need to see it because I don't think that me explaining it is doing it justice because it was something that I thought was so gross. And, and I love all of the blood. I love all of the gore. I love the violence. And that's something that I'm very, very into. But even just like watching this, I had to cringe. I was cringing here because it was just, I had never seen anything like that before. But this match did, in fact, steal the show. All righty. Next up, we had the tag team match with the Golden Jets, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega defeating the Young Bucks. And since the Golden Jets won, they got the Young Bucks' uh, AW World Tag Team Championship opportunity. And during the press conference, we did see Chris Jericho confront Ricky Starks and Big Bill. He said that Kenny Omega wasn't there because I think his cat was sick. So that's why we didn't see Kenny Omega in the press conference. But so we did see a little confrontation, though, between the two teams aside from Kenny Omega not being there. But other than that, I mean, this was a very fun match too. Really enjoyed what they did here. I thought, and I mentioned this earlier, that this being the death spot, having to follow that Texas death match, God, I would hate to follow this match. But they're pros, man. Jericho, Kenny, Matt, Nick, Jackson, they're pros. And they did not lose the crowd at all. In fact, they fed off of the energy that the crowd was that they still had coming off of that Texas death match and they fed off of it and they ran with it in this match. So they didn't lose the crowd at all. I thought it was a really good, a uh, really good fun one for sure. And onto our main event, it was the AW world championship match. And this one here, I mentioned earlier that in the pre-show MJF was taken away in an ambulance. And so Adam Cole was filling in for <laughs> Adam Cole was filling in for MJF in this match. So they announced Adam Cole versus Jay White. Now, this truly did not make a lot of sense because MJF hurt his leg and was taken out and he was replaced by a guy who has an injured leg and is literally in crutches. And so that portion of it really did not make sense. Of course, MJF came out and he ended up being the one to wrestle this match against Jay White. And... The match itself I thought was really good. I thought there was a lot of really great moments in it. I didn't think it was a bad match whatsoever. The only thing that I didn't necessarily love too much was the concept that, I mean, this match went a really long time. I would probably say it was about, the body of the match was probably about half hour. And then there was, of course, all of the other shenanigans that took place. So maybe about like 40 minutes or so, but 30 minutes of a match. And in those 30 minutes, it was kind of a little bit hard to buy that Jay White couldn't defeat this like one-legged guy that was MJF. So that was the only little issue that I had with it. But I still thought the match was fun, though. There were some really good moments in here. Like I said, I think they I think they really went out of their way and gave us a fun main event. But of course, it wasn't match of the night. Match of the night was Texas Death Match, but still a fun main event. And we we, I guess we're going to continue to see what else they do next and where they go from here with MJF and Adam Cole and just 
this whole entire story that they have been doing. Of course, Adam Cole was there with MJF during the press conference and MJF was eating his pickles and they were vibing, having a good time after MJF cried. I mean, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. But like I said, overall, a very fun night and something different for everybody. And some good stuff came out of the press conferences as well. So I enjoyed that. But there you go, everybody. That was my quick reaction podcast to AEW Full Gear. And if you guys enjoyed this one, please let me know. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, any of the social media apps. I'm at underscore Denise Salcedo. And of course, if you haven't already, and if you are a YouTube person, you can check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. And of course, while you're there, make sure to also follow and subscribe at Busted Open Podcast on YouTube and make sure you guys subscribe. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you all on the next pod. Bye everyone. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.